This is the Hope Church Mill Creek Podcast, and you're hearing the voice of lead pastor Josh Westmoreland. Hope Church Mill Creek is a church replant in the Hope Church family based out of Danville, Virginia. Our church specifically is in Roxboro, North Carolina, just about an hour north of Durham. Our family of Hope Churches has a total of 13 locations at this time along the Virginia-North Carolina border, mostly in smaller rural communities. Our uh, specific location has existed officially since January 22, when my family and I moved from Mississippi to lead this plant. We hope you enjoy this podcast and bring something away from it that helps you. If you do, it would help us greatly if you left a good review on Apple Podcasts or you just, you know, shared it. We wish you all the best, uh, grace and peace to all of you, and happy listening. Romans chapter number 12. Is there hope? Is there hope? Well, first, there is hope in worship. What in the world? What in the world is worship? Well, let's look at what worship is not. Like we said a minute ago, have you ever, has, has anybody ever taken a job that uh, you didn't know? Like the, the boss, the supervisor, didn't tell you what to do. Like, the instructions were totally unclear. And then you just started, well, I just started working. And then you started working, and then you messed something up, and they came and be like, eh, wrong there. And it's like, well, what do I do? Well, I, I don't just get to work. And then you got to working on something else, and then you went over the line in their mind, and they came right there, and they were quick to point out the areas you were wrong. But then eventually, after that happened enough times, you learned what to do. So let's look at what worship is not. Worship itself is not to be worshipped. I say that because sometimes I think we look at worship like worship is the Almighty. Worship is not the Almighty itself. Worship shouldn't be worshipped like it's an, an amazing thing. Worship is not about you and it's not about me. Who is worship about? It's about God. Worship, here's here's what I struggle with a little bit, but I do believe it's true. Worship is not always a comfort. And here's what we'll find out here in a moment. But a lot of times when we go to worship God, it's not comfort that comes down, but sometimes it's another C word. It's conviction. Conviction in its own way can be comforting, but not in the moment because it stings, don't it? You ever been convicted of something you knew you were doing wrong? You ever felt that you didn't have any, you didn't need to have anybody preach it to you like you knew it yourself? You ever been in the act of doing something and thought, oh, this ain't right? Thank God that you feel that because you know what that is? It's conviction. And those of us that know Jesus Christ know that that actually is a comfort in and of itself because you know that He's there. Worship is not always professional. Um, sometimes I, I think those of us that are in church leadership, spiritual stuff, preachers, singers, teachers, etc., 
Sometimes I think we get so professional that we forget who we are and we want everything to be like this, like this, like this. Okay, but hold up. How many times have you ever been overcome by the emotion that God's love and his grace towards you is so great because you saw, you, you saw what you have done. You have seen that. You know who you are. And then when you realize the amazing grace of God, it just overcomes you. And it's like, God, thank you. Man, you're amazing. And it just breaks you to tears at times. That's okay. As a matter of fact, it's good. Have you ever heard the term ugly cry? You ever hear that? Okay, so ugly cry doesn't look like the, oh, <laughs> oh, dearie me, oh, 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 my tea spilled. <laughs> That's not ugly cry. Anybody ever ugly cried in here? What does ugly cry look like? Ugly. It's like you're boohooing, you're sobbing, you're breaking down, and it's like if somebody walked in on you, they'd be like, that's okay, right? And just to see somebody crying is weird, right? I mean, you're just living your life, zippity-doo-dah, zippity-yay. You're walking on somebody crying, you're like, hey, my, oh, my, what a wonderful day. It's weird. Can I say that? It's weird. But sometimes we got to be that person, and we got to break down. Not just like, not just for psychotherapeutic reasons, but for the reason that we realize that God is awesome, and He loved me. Me. What do I have a part in all this? Do I matter? Yes. How do you know that? Because Jesus died for you, man. He bought your redemption through His own blood. The Bible says, greater love has no man than this, that a man lays down his life for his friends. Is there any greater love than somebody that would die for you? No! But God, He paid for me with His Son. How many of you, you got a kid, and you would gladly sacrifice your kid for some other person you barely knew? Would you do that? I wouldn't either. But that's God's love versus mine. I don't even know what to say about that. Worship is not professional. Sometimes it's ugly. And it's also not this. Worship is not a production or performance. If you, How many of you listen to music through the week? Anybody? Okay. So whether you YouTube it or you have Spotify or... AM, FM, or CD, or I don't know, maybe y'all got a serious, maybe a vinyl player or something, I don't know. But uh, you listen to music through the week, maybe you listen to a variety of different kinds of music. If you listen to Christmas, goodness, we over that, man. If you listen to Christian music, what often is Christian music called? It's called what music? Worship or praise. Praise and it's all kind of like the same genre. Praise and worship. Now there's, I mean, there are different genres and there's indie type stuff and there's all these different things. But the main thing is sometimes I think 
when something's called worship music, we, we're like, yeah, that, that's worship, that's worship. And maybe that did happen in that song. But a lot of times, I think we draw from that and be like, yeah, man, if I was a really good musician or I'm a really good singer, then I could worship really well. Worship is not about your talent. Worship is about your heart. It's about your position to God. It's not a production. I hesitate to say this, but me and my wife were visiting a church one time, and the music was just, dude, and in serious, it was awesome. Like, I mean, they were killing it. The wor- I mean, there was, it was just great. And they had, I mean, it was all these different theatrical things. And like, oh, man, this is great. But when it got time for the preaching, like the lights came up, and it was like, I'm, I'm telling you, it was great. Like I was super jealous of the, all, everything that they did. But then when the preacher got up, it was total garbage. And it was light, fluffy, try to make you feel good, Hope you have a great day. Come back next week. Give your money. And it's like, of all the things, I, I like music. Do you? I love music. I love listening to music. I love, sometimes you just need, hope I can say this. I'm going to say it. Sometimes you just need to ride down the road and jam it out a while. Sometimes you need to. Sometimes you need to sing like nobody's hearing you. Sing like you're in the shower. Sometimes you need to do that. But at the end of the day, if we, have, if we have a production, but we don't have a correct attitude towards God, then are we really worshiping? Let's go to this. What is worship? Hebrew, that word is pronounced shach, shachah, I think. I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but it means this. To bow down, to prostrate oneself before a superior in homage. In the New Testament, I have tried to say this word. I have been studying this word, but I ain't going to try to say it. That that word, it means this. The the Greek, to kiss the hand. You can picture like a king, right, holding out his hand. To kiss the hand in token of reverence, among the Persians specifically, to fall upon the knees, to touch the ground with the forehead, an expression of profound reverence. Now, to me, that don't sound a bit like production. That don't sound professional. Matter of fact, that sounds kind of odd. It's like, kiss somebody's hand? And actually, the idea, I didn't put that on there, but the idea is very close to a dog licking his master's hand for his food. Anybody got a worthless dog at home? Right? And like, he ain't doing you no good. He ain't no guard dog. All he does is eat food. He wants to sleep, get fat and happy. That's all he wants to do. Anybody got a pet like that at home? Right? And it's like, they'll come around, but they're just there because they're getting fed. Right? But they realize, hopefully, that who's the alpha in the home? It ain't them. Hopefully, <laughs> this is probably a bad illustration, man. Some of y'all's dog and cats are the boss at home. The idea is this. Hey, you're my boss. I don't understand you, but you're the leader. What is worship? It's this. It's a position 
an attitude of submission and obedience. There's a story in the Bible when Jesus is contrasting two people. And there's this one person that stands up, and he's praying out loud. And he's saying something like this. God, I thank you that I am not like other people are. I am not like this other man over here. I give money, and I pray, and I attend the synagogue all the time. And I, oh, I thank And he's just looking up at heaven, and he's crying out. And then there's this other guy, and the Bible says that he is bowed down and he feels so ashamed that he can't even look up. He feels so ashamed. He's like, and, he, and these are the words that comes out of his mouth. God, be merciful. It says, the Bible says he's beaten his chest. God, be merciful to me. I'm just a sinner. Oh, God, be merciful. And Jesus asked the people he was talking to, he said, which one do you think went home justified? I say to you, Hope Church Mill Creek, which one do you think went justified? It was the one that beat his breast and said, God, I ain't nothing. But God, if you'll use me, I'll give you everything I have. I'll give you my life. I'll give you my kids. I'll give you my home. I'll give you everything because, God, you paid for me with your son. I don't understand everything about you. And, man, you ain't kidding. The more I study the Bible, the more I realize I don't know nearly as much as I thought I knew. It's like God's always busting down the walls in my theology. It's like you think you know it all. Okay, let me show you this verse. Man, that's uncomfortable. But that tells me this. That means God is more worthy to be worshipped. Because if I completely understand the one I'm worshipping, are they worth worshipping? If I understand, if I knew everything that God knows, do I need to worship Him? Not really. Look in Romans 12. We're finally here. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship or reasonable service. And it's interesting because that word spiritual is actually also translated the word logical. And for me, the idea of me stepping down and saying, I'm not the sovereign of my own life. I'm not going to choose for me anymore. I'm going to let you choose. Like me taking a step down really doesn't sound logical because I feel like I should look out for me and my own. And that makes sense. But God says, no, 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 no. Worship me. Put me at the top. But I don't understand you. I mean, I, I believe that you are this, that you are that. I don't understand. Just have faith. <laughs> that doesn't sound logical. That sounds crazy. And I bet that God understands that. That's what's great about God. Is that you can tell Him whatever you want to. And He's not going to be like, how dare you question me? It's like, ask Him. How many of you parents have kids and your parent comes and asks you an honest question and you're like, how dare you, peasant? How dare you, child? 
asking questions. Bah humbug. Now, what do you want to do? Do you want to teach them or not? If you don't teach them, if you don't listen to their questions, they're going to ask somebody else, and you might not like the answers to that. Right? What does a worshipful life look like? Hey, by the way, y'all still with me? You good? Can you give me five more? Fair? protest if I don't. What does a worshipful life look like? How do we express it? Well, I, wanna, I, I do want you to remember that scripture. Colossians 3, 1-17. I ain't going to read it because it's like half a chapter. But check this out in Romans 4, 23 and 24. But the hour is coming, and now Jesus is talking to the woman at the well, which is a great story. We don't have time to talk about the whole thing. But Jesus says, the hour is coming and now is here. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit. And those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. I've wondered about that. Spirit, truth, spirit, truth, spirit, truth. I don't think it's nearly as mystical as we make it up to be. Now, this is just my theory. But what is truth? Pilate asked Jesus this same question when he was on trial. You know, Jesus is talking about truth, and Pilate said, well, what is truth? And that's what people ask today. Well, what is truth? I mean, I got my truth. You got your truth. Let's just agree to disagree. There's truth. No. No. Either something is true or it's false. Now, I can say I have my truth, and you can say you have your truth, but in the middle, here's what you probably got. You probably have the truth, and then our truth is usually biased based on the way that we feel about a certain thing, and we make up our own morality along the way. That's problematic, ain't it? Did I lose you? Okay. I just pontificated. So you got truth. All right? Good way to put it. If somebody's given you truth, 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 let's say it's Bible truth, you know, some other kind of literal truth or whatever. Truth, truth, truth. Preacher, the truth. Preacher, the truth. But yet there's no grace. How well is that usually accepted? Not well. Because it's like you can't even empathize with where we're really at. But then on the other side, you have grace, 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 and no truth. It's like, yeah, whatever you're doing, yeah, it's fine. Oh, you just keep on going. Yeah, it's fine. No, you're not headed to the way to destruction. No, no, you're not messing up your life. Whatever you decide, it's going to work out great. Man, if you want to start that side meth business, man, that sounds like a great job. Oh, man, fantastic. How's that going to work out? Maybe with you blowing up the block. Spirit truth. What is worshiping God in spirit and truth? Being truthful. Christ is truth. How many of you know that? Jesus is truth. Jesus said, I am the way. Well, the second thing, truth, life, right? But also in spirit. Did Jesus come and when he went to go sit down with sinners, he just said, I cannot be around such vermin. 
struggling with such sinful behaviors. That's why they criticized him. As they said, the religious leaders were like, Ew, you're eating? You're sitting at a table with those people? Don't you know what they are? And Jesus many times would respond with this, I know what you are. He even called them, if you don't know this, is so. Jesus called them several times. He said, you're a bunch of snakes is what you are. That's good, man. No wonder they killed Jesus, right? All right, so end thing. How do I begin worshiping God? It starts with the decision to activate the spirit in your life. This has kind of become a buzzword or buzz term. It's this. Spirit, activate. Holy Spirit, activate. I got a little bit of a problem with that. Not because the Spirit doesn't activate, but because I think we think that the Spirit of God is almost like a snake in a basket. It's like, you ever seen the Middle Eastern motif of the guy, and he's got, you see what I'm saying? He's got, he's got a turban, and he's got a little recorder, and he's playing the flute, and what's the snake doing in the basket? He's coming up and out. And sometimes I wonder if we think that that's worship. Like, I play the right notes, I say the right things, I cast the right spells, and there it comes. Wait, What? What is worship? Is worship just a feeling? Or is worship an attitude that does lead to a feeling? We could read all these things, but I made you a promise, and so we're going to shut it down. It's this. It all starts with this decision. I want you to try to remember that, and I want you to read those scriptures. I'm going to read you just one. In Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says this. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, what does it say? You will be saved. You shall be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified. With the mouth one confesses and is saved. How do I begin worshiping God correctly? Well, it all begins with a decision to believe. Then it works into being discipled and grown. And thank, I'm, I'm so looking forward to this year because I think we're going to start biblical discipleship this year. And those of you that know Christ and have known Christ for a long time, you know that that is the only way that people really grow, is to walk with God themselves, be discipled, and create more disciples. That's just the way it is. But it starts with a decision. God, either you or I am going to be king in my life. If you're in our daily Bible reading that we read this week, and by the way, if you haven't joined that yet, I encourage you to join it and join the conversation. Make an account on you version and get going, because, man, it's so good. But Herod the king had this same idea. Wise men came to Herod and said, Hey, Herod, so we hear that there's this new king. A new king has been born. And Herod said, Oh, and Herod was the king of that region. He said, Oh, well, well really? New king, eh? Yes, there's a new king. Do you think you could tell us? And he's like, Oh, let me, uh, why don't you, new king, huh? Yeah, new king, man, that's amazing. But, okay, uh, when you find him, this child, uh, come, come tell me. I want to, I want to worship him too. And so Herod consults his astrologers, magicians, and about the text, and he goes and reads the Old Testament prophecies 
about where's this child going to be born at? Well, the prophecy said he's going to be born at Bethlehem. And Herod believes the Bible enough to try to destroy it. But he didn't even consider that maybe he should think about this and understand that there is a true king and it's not him. You and me got the same choice. We're either going to be king of our life and make up our own truth, make up our own morality as we go, and, well, I feel this way, I'll feel this way, or we're going to be responsible to the word. And the word doesn't move. That's why Christianity is so doggone offensive, is because it creates a judge in your life saying, this is right and this is wrong, and you don't get to say, well, I just, there it is, black and white. Father, thank you for allowing us to come here today. I do hope that we've retained attention. I hope that we've done well. Lord, if we haven't, God, you understand we're just human beings and we try. Lord, I do know that we've talked about an awful lot today. Talked about the vision of Hope Church and the aim, where we're going to go, where we're trying to go, what we're trying to hit. And Lord, I don't know what the future holds at all. But I do know that I, I see the potential to have a great church, a thriving church here. Lord, that's thriving in community and and they love each other and and we talk to each other and we spend time with each other and we eat with each other and chat and laugh and have a great time. And then we cry together, pray together, go through heartaches together. God, I see potential for people being saved and baptized, new life in Christ, families being put together or put back together new families being started, people being born into the family of God. And that all could happen right here in our little community. And I think that's just awesome. God, at the end of our life, it's not really going to matter how well we're known or the stuff that we have or whatever it might be. God, what will matter is what we did for you. And those things here, I think, if we think about it, are those things that bring the most meaning raising families in church, serving you, following you, loving each other, loving you. Lord, thank you for this place. Thank you for what it means to me. Thank you for the great purpose and meaning it's brought my life this year. I can't even fully describe it. Lord, you know. Lord, these people mean so much to me. This place means so much to me. And we got a lot of work to do. A lot. But with your help, over time, God, we will accomplish much in the kingdom of God. You showed us last year that you're on the move. God, now move us into that place of new victory, seeing people saved and delivered from all manners of sin and disease, all these things. We trust you. Help us to be like Peter and to just get out of that boat. Lord, it's hard, especially when you see all that's going on around and turmoil and family and turmoil and job and turmoil everywhere in the world. God, help us to understand the only one that it really matters of whether they approve or disapprove is you. And so help us to fall in line and worship you, be obedient to the truth and love you. Thank you for all that you've done for us today. Bless us now. And in Jesus' name. Hey, thank you so much for listening. It, it means the world to me 
that you would take the time to listen to our sermons. If, you, if you'd like to connect with us, shoot us an email at office at hopechurchmillcreek.com. That's office at hopechurchmillcreek.com. Or just come by for a service in person, 1030 a.m. Sunday mornings. Address is 1562 Mill Creek Road, Roxboro, North Carolina. Uh, I would love to meet you in person. And um, I guess that's all for now. So don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcast if you would kindly. We pray that you'd have a great day. Uh, For Hope Church Mill Creek, I'm Pastor Josh. Grace and peace.